Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters, your go-to spiritual development podcast. I'm your host Hannah McIntyre and I am so excited to have you here. Join me and other great guests as we explore what it means to be a medium, the work that we need to do and the questions that we need to ask for our own development and unfoldment. I'm so happy that you're here. Let's begin. Just to let you all know that my book, You Are a Medium, You Just Don't Know It Yet, is available to purchase on Amazon or via my website, www.hannamedium.co.uk. I am incredibly proud to be able to say that it is already an Amazon bestseller and I'm so grateful to all of you for your reviews, comments and feedback. Um, If you haven't already, please do check it out. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters with me, Hannah McIntyre. And I'm very excited today to be joined by Lorraine Anderson, who is the author of beautiful books, beautiful oracle cards. I follow you on Instagram and everything is very beautiful. So welcome, Lorraine. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. I'm really excited to talk to you too. So I just had to show you because I'm fangirling a little bit that I've got your cards right here. And <laughs> they are they are beautiful cards with beautiful and unusual messages. And you've got like a a series of seasons of the witch cards, haven't you? That's right. So, so what drew <laughs> you to witches, witchcraft and all of that? You know, I can't... So it's like a two-part answer, right? Okay. Because I've always been interested in it as a kid. I I remember just like, my parents watched any and all movies, like every movie humanly possible. I've always been involved in the movie industry. I've, I've dated a movie editor, an independent film creator, like movies are my jam. Um, and the movies I love the most are the witchy and spooky and vampiric and all of those. So I would watch these things and I would always think, God, like, 
I, I love all of this. I always felt like I resonated with it. Practical Magic is one of my mom's like all time favorite movies. So we Me watch too. it all the time. Right. Um, and I always felt like I resonated with that. So, but to be fair, I was a little scared of it. And I was like, well, you know, there's a lot of stigma around it. I don't know. And then kind of long story short, I really got into manifestation and the law of attraction. I was working in fashion at the time. Um, hated the job, loved the location of the job in the industry of the job. But I said to myself, you know, I really want to find something that combines the two things that I love. And at that point, it was spirituality and apothecary and beauty products and all of that. And I said, I'm going to manifest a job um, that brings all my interests together. And after, I don't know, maybe two weeks of deciding that I was going to do that, I found this super vague listing on Craigslist for a job. I mean, I think it had like three sentences in it. And the reason why is because the owner of the company was a witch, like full on witch. And that's, she was looking for people who had my specific skill set in um, e-commerce operations and logistics. And so I interviewed with her, we got off grade and I started working for her. And then lo and behold, I had dropped myself into the world of witchery and witchcraft and kind of never looked back. So it was... It was a long journey, but um, I felt it just felt right. You know, when I got there, I just felt like this was exactly where I needed to be. And I just I've been in it ever since. So did she specifically write the the job spec, the adverts so that someone would have to read between the lines to get it? She specifically said that she wrote it vague because she felt like the right people would find it and would apply and that she didn't want to give any details. She wanted someone who would intuitively know that this was the right space for me. And it really was like that. I mean, I don't, I couldn't even tell you what made me apply. I, when I read it, I was like, this says nothing. Like, I don't know if this is some sort of kidnapper situation, like, but I'm going <laughs> to apply anyway. I mean, you never know, right? I, yeah, I read, for sure. It was so vague. Um, I wish I still had the listing. I wish, wish I had kept it because it was just so vague. Um, but they were great. It was a husband and wife team. And, you know, we went out for coffee and everything like that. And and she said, you know, the people who were meant to find it will find it. I love it. What an amazing story. So manifestation mm-hmm. is was there a particular thing that got you into that? How did you start your journey with that? As you're obviously very successful mm-hmm. at it. Thank you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I, you know, we all remember that old school book, The Secret, right? Yeah. Um, we, I had it, my mom had it because she saw it on Oprah, like, you know, half of America. And she gave me a copy and I said, okay, I had read it once and I tried it, didn't really get anywhere with it, you know, felt like this was BS and I kind of just put it on a shelf. Um, and then on the way to work every morning, I would walk past the shelf where he was sitting at. And I ignored this book for years. You know what I mean? She, she gave it to me when I was like a teenager. I completely just ignored this book for a very long time. And then one morning I walked past the shelf and I saw it and I said, you know, I'm going to read it. And I ended up reading it on my lunch break and just like plowed through it. I read it in like a day. I mean, it's an easy read, but I just kind of plowed through it. And I said, you know, I can really do this. Um, and I just started trying to manifest things and I shouldn't admit this but I did kind of manifest bringing an ex back and I was like holy shit this really works because he really came back um I don't use it for that reason anymore (laughs) but (laughs) um but I started doing things and I realized that it was really really working and it just felt like it just felt right you know it just felt like okay I can really do this and 
little by little, I would manifest bigger things, bigger things like the job. And then eventually, you know, manifesting the books and the Oracle decks and my business and certain partnerships and all of these things. And it just felt like, you know, it's hard at times, but it's also exhilarating when you get it right. And it just felt so like, like beautiful to know that I could control more things about my life, especially when things feel really chaotic. It's really nice that you can stop and say, okay, I want this and I can go and get it. And I feel like I have a practical plan to get me there. Yeah. And I come from an operations background. So like, and, and if you look at my birth chart, it's like basically water and earth. So I really like structure and organization and I know manifestation is like woo woo, but it does have a structure to it. So for me, it feels like it hits both sides of my brain. Fascinating. (laughs) So let's talk about your cards. Mm. You're stunning. I mean, stunningly beautiful, gorgeous designs, all the color. I love a bit of metallic. (laughs) They're just, they're just lovely from start to finish. Every single one I pull is gorge. How did you, what made you start with an Oracle pack? What made you think that that was something you'd want to do? Well, I knew I wanted to do an Oracle deck. I've always wanted to do an Oracle deck. That was, Tarot and Oracle was really one of the first things that I really dabbled in when I started doing witchery and and all of that. Um, And at the time I was like obsessed with Colette Baron reed and she just has, I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she has so many Oracle decks now. Yes. Um, And part of what I loved about her is that I felt like every deck she made, she brought something new and different. You know, it wasn't the same sort of just repetitive process. Everything was a little bit different. So that was my thought going into it. But then I was working with Juliet Diaz at the time uh, um, on a school called the School of Witchery, which she had started and I had joined later on. And we were just talking. We were like gabbing on the phone. I don't even remember what we were talking about. And we were like, she had found the our previous author, sorry, our previous artist, Giada. And I saw her artwork and I was like, oh God, she would make a like amazing Oracle deck. Yeah. Um, and we started talking and we both kind of set the wheel at the same time. And then I started saying, Well, you know, love the wheel of the year, been working with it for a long time. The woman that I told you that I got the job with um with witchcraft, she was very into the wheel of the year. So it was something that I kind of learned right away. Um, but then I said, you know, I've never seen, like, I, whenever you talk about the wheel of the year, you, you hear about them all together, right? You hear about Samhain and then the rest of them kind of packaged together. Why isn't it that, you know, we don't break these things up. They each have their own energy. They're at different parts of the year. I feel like they should have their own space. And then somewhere out of the ether, the idea to do a series came along and I said, we should do a series because each one of them really deserves, you know, something special. We don't celebrate you know, Christmas, the same way we celebrate Easter or, you know, um, and then I just said, let's just do a series. And it kind of just went from there. And thinking about it now, it was very audacious and ambitious, but I tend to think of like, I'm an ideas person. So whenever I can think of one idea and like kind of mind map it from there, it just happens. And that's what happened with that. Um, Yeah. And here we are. Can you believe it will, the last that comes out, the beginning of 2025 so it will be more than seven years from start to finish wow. since we started this that's a program uh, yeah. a long time that is a very long time that is but I also love that you've just said about being audacious because I do think you need to have a little bit of audacity to create the dreams that you want if you sit in comfort and politeness forever 
you'll never progress. So I love that you think big and I love that you reach for that. <laughs> oh my God, where do I want to start with this? So can you explain for somebody who has no idea what you mean when you say the wheel of the year? Let's start with that. What What is the wheel of the year? Okay, great question. Um, so the wheel of the year you know, originally started as an agricultural calendar. Like that's really the nuts and potatoes of it is knowing, you know, when is it time to sow seeds? When is it time to really like milk the cows and prepare the medicines and the food and store all of that away? Um, But, you know, the way our ancestors worked, agriculture was their livelihood. And so when things didn't work and when they had a bad crop, their natural inclination was to pray to gods or to hold festivals or to do something to say, you know, we're humbled. We're asking for your help. We really need your support. And so it started off as an agricultural process, but it really morphed into these festivals and these celebrations to appeal to the cosmos and to say, you know, we're doing whatever we think we got to do to make you happy. We want a good crop this year. We want to survive the winter. Um, you know, we're, we're feeling down in the dumps on in bulk. We need some hope and some, some inspiration for spring to come. Please send us a sign. Um, and now we don't have to do all of that farming and stuff anymore. We have grocery stores and all of that stuff, but the cycles that each day on the wheel of the year represents still really shows up for us in our life. We still have periods of harvest where, you know, we're, we're feeling really successful and we got a lot of things going on and, and we may struggle with feeling like, Oh, being in the spotlight is too much. Like with, with Letha and midsummer and the summer um, festivals, sometimes being in the spotlight is a lot, even though you can say, this is exactly what I wanted. But when you get there, you realize, oh my God, all eyes on me, right? Yeah. Um, the flip side is also true. You, I talk about Salwin a lot because it's the first one we started with, but I think the time of the year is so appropriate because there's a lot of kids who are going off to college for the first time and leaving home. My nephew just went off to college and I was talking to his mom about it. And she's like, you know, I'm, you know, he's not my little boy anymore. Yeah. And that is the sort of symbolic death. He's he's dying as his identity as a child and turning into an adult. Samhain really represents those death elements. So we can use the will of the year to kind of represent the different cycles that we go through throughout our life and really a, a soulful agriculture, if you will, I guess you can say, but that's how it happens. Um, so to clarify, I should say there are eight Sabbaths for those who don't understand or for those who are not familiar with the will of the year, they're called Sabbaths or holidays. They start with Samhain. That's the witch's new year goes to Yule, um, which is what muggles would call Christmas, <laughs> then goes to Imbolc, um, which Christians might know as um, St. Bridget's Day. Ostra is Easter, uh, Beltane is May Day, Letha is Midsummer or the Summer Solstice. Uh, Lamas is Harvest Day, which I know is really popular in the Caribbean. And then Mabin, of course, which just happened in is the autumn equinox. I love it. And it was really struck me when you were talking then about, in you know, in, in the agricultural, that's like a manifestation, isn't it? I'm going to give the offering to the gods, so I'll get something back. It right. just shows how all those threads have been woven through time and you're now utilizing them in that. And another thing that's big for you, I mean, obviously I've stalked your Instagram, I've been all over your website, is ritual. Talk to me about the importance for you of ritual. Oh, um, I, so I love rituals because they, they're they really tangible, right? When you manifest, 
it's hard sometimes to visualize and see that happening without doing much of anything. But having a ritual is something you can hold on to. It's like a series of steps that you can actually work and it makes you feel like you're doing something or you're investing in the energy. Um, and rituals are really important. That's why we have things like graduations. You know, they really celebrate these milestones or they celebrate accomplishments or they celebrate, you know, crossing the threshold from one place to another. That's probably the best example of just crossing that threshold. Yeah. That's what manifestation is, right? We're we're doing the ritual to get out of the mundane and into the magical and, and bring something to life out of this whole process. Um, so that's why I love rituals for that purpose. And, and I use rituals and spells and ceremonies interchangeably. I know they're a little bit different, but they all essentially do the same thing, which is, you know, gives us something physical to work with so that we can direct our energy more easily. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously you can manifest without a crystal or without an herb or all of that, but it's, i I personally believe it becomes a lot easier when you're saying, okay, I'm adding this crystal for wealth. I'm adding this herb for success. I'm adding this, you know, ritual oil for uh, shining my light more and being able to kind of mix up your own little batter of goodness and sending it out into the world. Um, And that's how I've always gone about my manifestations. I've always had some sort of physical practice. And I truly believe that if I didn't have that, if I didn't have something to actually look at and say, okay, I'm putting all of my energy into this spell here or this ritual here, it would have been a lot harder for me. Um, So I think, you know, obviously there's many, many seasoned witches who can do it without a ritual. I, I certainly have done my fair share of that. But if you're a beginner, especially, I think a ritual is a great place to start just to be able to, you know, kind of put a target board on your wall so you have something to throw at. I love this. And as there are never any mistakes in the universe, are there? Because recently that's exactly where I've been called. And I've been working with spirit for ages now, 14 years. But recently I've just thought I want to have something intentional for me to do to occupy my Capricorn tendencies of do, 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 which we know gets in the way with any form of manifestation, the urge to create work for oneself. So that's really interesting to have you on at this exact time, just when I've been thinking about how I'm going to do it. I love it. Fantastic. And so you've got your book, which is Apothecary, which Mm -hmm. is a guide to ritual and herbs and oils and everything, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. So is that a really good starting place for somebody who is a beginner and new to all this, who's wanting to take their first steps? It is a really great starting place. And I did it really with the beginner in mind. So there's two sections of the book. Um, Just to give a little bit of context, I was doing apothecary and herbalism and aromatherapy years, just miles before I had started doing anything in the witchcraft and witchery space. So that's really my first love. That's kind of where I started. Um, It all started with a little container of coconut oil and it kind of just went from there. Uh, (laughs) I love it. And and, um, so when I started doing ritual and magic, first of all, I feel like if you do any sort of herbalism or aromatherapy, one way or another, you're going to find yourself to, to witchery or, or like magic. You can say that you're not going to, or you can say, I don't want to do that, but like some form or fashion, you're going to find your way there. Um, so I think it's 
it's a natural fit and a natural pairing. And I found that connection kind of right away. So if you are a beginning start, a beginner starting with ritual, you have the first half of the book where I talk about just how to make a, uh, how to make an apothecary in general, you know, how to go about choosing crystals, herbs, working in aesthetics, because for me, having an aesthetically pleasing product is just as much a part of the process as anything else. So I talk you through all of those steps where even if you didn't want to do it for magical purposes, you could create a very nice apothecary for yourself just off of that. Mm -hmm. And then in the second half of the book, um, I provide over a hundred recipes for you to try uh, that are based off of the wheel of the year. So if you're someone who's interested in the wheel of the year and you're interested in apothecary, you kind of get a two for one special and they're broken up by each Sabbath. (laughs) And then you can take these recipes. I give you little tips along the way where I show you how you can really make them your own because I can make a product for you, but if I don't know you personally, or if I don't know your story, or if I don't really know your intention, there's only so much I can do. You know, I can make a love oil for 3000 people, but everyone experiences love in a different way. Whereas you can take this recipe that I've provided for you and really alter it to fit your needs in the way that you, what you're looking for. Um, So I give you these recipes as a starting place. You can literally take my recipes, chop them up, use them as a guide, use them. There's a whole section of base recipes where you can go and change it for the ingredients that suit your needs, or you can use them as is and just make a wonderful, you know, apothecary potion. Oh, it's so much fun. And so if you, oh, where do I begin with all these questions I've got bubbling? I've got to try and make sense of my brain. <laughs> you got a herb for that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, <laughs> you should use clary sage in your aromatherapy diffuser and drink mint tea. <laughs> I have a bit of a thing for clary sage. So <laughs> I'm so surprised that you would say that. That's so funny. Um, is there a sort of a, when you're working with herbs and herbalism Mm -hmm. as you were saying that you know individual potions for individual people do you find that plants bring their own individual vibrations that need to be taken into account or are they pretty steady that is a great question actually and 100 plants and like an individual plant has an individual personality in fact I talk about this all the time with my house plants like I kid you not, I have like multiples of the same plants. I have clippings off of the same plants and each one has a completely different personality. I mean, some, it could, like I have this clipping, for example, I don't know if you can see it, but this clipping, for example, came from a bigger plant and this one loves sun. The bigger plant does not. It loves to be in the shade. Like they're just two completely different creatures. So I think that plants do have personalities and I know it's weird think about but they are living creatures just like you and me just like your pets you know they are living breathing creatures they have their own personalities and you can build a relationship by working with each individual plant if you're growing your own herbs in your own garden you know you might develop a whole list of correspondences just from corresponding with your plant and working with it that you could then use into your ritual potions and your spells and all of that so that absolutely adds another layer 100 percent. I didn't write about that in the book but now I'm feeling like I've got to go start a book right now just to start talking about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it's it's so fascinating isn't it because when we moved into this house there was a, a sage in the back garden and I said to my husband, that sage is massive. No one needs a sage that big. You know, of course, wasn't spiritual then. Went on this whole crazy unfoldment thing. 
like live breathe for that sage use it all the time for it for various things so it knew that I needed it even if I was like hey what are you doing it's so interesting I love it I love it so if you were going to give somebody sort of a I know this is going to be really hard but like I I top 10 things that you would need to start yourself off apart from your book which will count as number one what would you suggest to people to get to bring to like start a kit off what are the basics oh that's such an interesting question because I think so there's (laughs) I'm always speaking in duality you just you're going to learn this about me but there's the answer that the old Lorraine would have given and there's an answer that the Lorraine today would give the old, so yes. I'll start with the old one the old Lorraine would probably say you need a crystal and herb um probably an oracle deck uh we're using the book as an example but a couple of resource guides um definitely one on correspondences for sure not a big super Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. One, but one that's like manageable. Um, A really good cup of something delicious, tea or coffee or whatever your jam is, because I believe that what you put in your body is just as important as what you work with outside of your body. Um, And something to clear your energy and something to protect your energy. Now, the new Lorraine is kind of looking at things a little bit differently. I think, you know, I really came up in the days of spirituality and magic where everyone was doing everything, right? It was just like, do all the things. You had to be an astrologer and, and a witch and uh, you had to know numerology and oracle cards and, you know, literally everything. do everything. Yeah. And now I think we're starting to peel back those layers and be much more intentional and say, okay, this is, this is the path I want to walk. I don't need to do all of these things. I don't need to write spells for everyone and read oracle cards and, you know, do all of these things. I just really want to focus on these three things here. And so when you start to do that, your needs really shift and you start looking at things that are related specifically for what you want to focus on. So I think that's more important is figuring out where you feel a natural alignment with the practice that you want to take on and then really tailoring your kit for that. But just on just basic for everyone, you definitely need something to clear, something to protect, something to open your heart space, something to give you confidence. Um, something to open your intuition. Um, and I say something because 
you know, for one person, it might be an herb for another person. It might be a symbol for another person. Mm -hmm. It might be a piece of artwork. It could be a little bit different for everyone. Something to ground, gotta have grounding. Um, and something to inspire you to really get you out of your comfort zone and to kind of get those creative juices going. I love it. I'm loving talking to you. I can't stop beaming at you because I'm just <laughs> is so cool. So talking of inspiration, you've mm-hmm. set up for my next question very nicely there, Lorraine. <laughs> Where do you feel like your inspiration comes from? Is it you? Is it your soul? Is it the universe source? What's your belief system? Hmm. I think a little bit of everything. For one, I am really an ideas person. I, I'm just always coming up with ideas for everyone. Like you cannot, I think it actually gets on my friend's nerves because they'll come to me with something and I, like in five seconds, I'm like, here's 15 ideas, take it and go. Um, but at the same time, I really believe that the reason why I'm such an ideas person is because of the way my astrology chart is built. When you look at my placements, you can see there's a lot of like just natal placements that are like well suited towards inspiration and ideas and growth. Um, So in that way, I think that's really a cosmos things. You know, I think that the universe just dropped this in me as a gift Um, But having said that, I think anybody can find inspiration. It's not like I have, you know, my chart may be set up for that way, but it's not like it's not accessible for anyone. So the way that I think I get the most inspiration is just looking at things that have nothing to do with magic and ritual. Honestly, I just look at, Mm. I just look for beauty in everything. For example, when I had my apothecary, when I was making apothecary labels, you know, I didn't go on Pinterest and say, well, show me apothecary labels labels I looked at wine bottles I looked at um bottles of medicine I looked at uh sometimes perfume bottles I looked at things that have absolutely nothing to do with what I was doing and said okay how can I find beauty in this how can I find resonance in this and I think that that's a great way to go about getting inspired for anyone just looking at things that you enjoy you know if you love watching ants crawl around with leaves see if you can get some inspiration out of that and I know it sounds weird And I use a really weird example on purpose, but it's in your weirdness that you find all the good stuff. It really is. Um, And I think it's so important to just follow those breadcrumbs. And if you can do that without judging yourself, I guarantee you, like, all the ideas are going to come. All the creativity is going to open up. All the inspiration is going to happen. You just got to stop saying, I'm weird. I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know why I'm thinking this way. Just let yourself be weird and, and it will happen because- if it were normal what you were doing or if it was something everyone else was doing, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be an inspired idea, would it? It would just no. be what everyone else is doing. Completely agree. So uh, oh, I love it. You you're working through all of these, I mean, your oracle packs, your books. Do you find a lot of that you have the time to be able to do the things for yourself that you also want to do with your rituals? Are you very dedicated to like a daily practice? And what does that look like? So no, I have no time at all. Um, <laughs> I had a feeling. I have, yeah, I have no time at all. But at the same time, I have tried to be very intentional about setting. When I first started, I worked seven days a week, like, you know, all the time. I did that for years. Now I'm trying to set aside the weekends. I'm like, I'm not going to do anything on the weekend, but I'm really not the type of person to sit on the couch and just watch TV. I have to be doing something. Otherwise I would just work. Um, But to answer your question, 
I never have time, but I do try and make time. I really mm-hmm. try and make it um, something that I have to do. And like, I plan out my weekends specifically. I have a whole list and I have a self-care ritual section of things that I want to do for the weekend. I don't always get it right. You know, there are plenty of times where I set out with the best of intentions, like this morning, I set out with the intention to get up at 7 a.m. and go on a run. It did not happen. Yeah. I'm not going to beat myself up over it. But as long as I think you're putting the energy into saying, okay, I know I want to do this ritual. I know this is the time that I want to do it. I think you are, you have much more chances of success of just giving yourself that space and knowing it's something that you want to do. And if nothing else, it's in the back of your brain. I'll do it eventually. You know, it may take me a day or two, but I do ebb and flow in my practice. I don't always get it right as much as I want to. And as much as I preach about it, I, you know, I'm being totally honest that I really, I say I'm going to do a ritual every day. And some weeks I do some weeks, I'm really, really great at it. And I'm really present in it. And other weeks I've got deadlines and I've got meetings and interviews and all sorts of things. And I'm like, you know what? I just can't get to it this week. And that's okay. That's totally okay. Just as long as you come back to your practice. I love it. And that's very honest. But I also think really important for people to hear, because I find that a lot of people, and and I know I come at things from a mediumship perspective, but a lot of people sort of cut themselves off from because they're judging. Oh, I haven't, Mm -hmm. you know, I said I was going to do this every day and I haven't done it every day. And when you talk about manifestation and spell work and using that kind of stuff, you can cut yourself off, can't you, from that power by judging yourself. So I'm glad that you were honest and you didn't say, well, Hannah, I start the day with yoga (laughs) and this and we'd all be going, oh, God, we can never achieve that. I mean, I would love to think that I could do those things, but I I think it's important to have something that is aspirational, but also accessible, right? Like there's the balance. You have to have that. You have to have something to work towards where you're getting out of your comfort zone, but not such a grand goal to where you're never going to achieve it. You know, I think that's more important when trying to manifest. Like if you want to go out and manifest a million dollars and you, you know, you've got 50 cents in your pocket, that's probably not going to be that achievable, but you have to start with little increments and then you can build your confidence. And eventually as you get comfortable, you can grow. But I think it's just like, you know, trying to lose 20 pounds by doing one exercise, that's not really sustainable. And we have to have sustainability in our practice too. Mm -hmm. We have to be able to build a practice that supports not only the lifestyle we want, but the lifestyle we have. It's a journey. It's it's really a process. I love it. You are totally magical. Um, <laughs> so let, I want to take you back to your origin story. You've you've gone. Uh, you've applied for this job. Um, it is like something out of a film. I just love it. I've, I've got you already in my head. You know, seeing this, you know, cryptic advert, and you're going in there, like. When you went in there, like, how did they start you off on this? Obviously, you said you had your your herbalism and your stuff before then as well. Mm -hmm. So how did they, what did they get you doing? How did it all unfold for you? So they were moving. um, They had had this company for a while, but they were moving from Northern California to Southern California. So they were building their team from scratch. And at the same time, really going from a smaller maybe mid-sized Etsy store to, you know, world domination. That was pretty much their trajectory. Um, So really when we had the interview, it was more of a conversation. We were just talking about our interests. You know, she, she 
clearly said I am a witch. She didn't have any problems about saying it. Um, and I started talking about uh, doing herbalism and aromatherapy and all of that. And she said, oh, my God, you know, there's this whole thing of magical herbalism. And at the time, I had never really heard about I had actually that's not true. It was in all of the books that I had, but I didn't realize what I was looking at. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was there. But I didn't. She really connected the dots for me. Um, so she started talking about that. And she said, well, you know, we weren't going to hire for someone now, but we really need someone to do product development for us because at the time they were listing, I don't know, maybe like six to 10 new products every single day, like 365 days of the year. Um, And so I had just the specific set of skills for that job. I had already knew about all of the herbalism. I had already knew about all of the earthy things. And then coming from a e-commerce background and fashion and product management and doing all of that, I just, it it was just like, you know, couldn't have been a better fit. Um, So, and I was already making like lotions and creams and conditioners and all of that stuff at the time. So she just started me with that. She's like, you know, you're going to head up the product department, um, which eventually led up to me just heading up the logistical department or just really everything. We kind of just worked hand in hand. Um, And so I had a fair amount of knowledge, but I had to take a crash course, crash course. I really did because there was a whole other world that I had to learn. Um, So then I went in, I did about six months of Wiccan priestess training and really, you know, took a deep dive into the world and learned as much as I could and just making products every day, trial and error that that was what she had me do. Love it. I love it. And so you mentioned that she was just out there, out of the closet, out the witchy closet. How about you? How's your experience of stepping out of the witchy closet been? Okay, so I'm going to give another one of those honest answers. (laughs) Um, When I'm in the bubble, the online bubble, it's really easy to be my full, full self. You know, it's super easy to get stuck in whatever world you've crafted for yourself online. So there, no problem. Um, Out in the world, world, not as easy. I'm getting more comfortable with it for a long time. I would tell people that I'm a writer or that I run an apothecary business. I kind of left out the witchy part. Yeah. Um, specifically because when I first started, I was more open with it. And I just remember this one time I, I was talking to this woman in in like the DMV and we were having a great conversation. I was telling her about my apothecary and I gave her my card. She was so excited until she saw the word witch. And like, when I tell you her face dropped to the floor, like I, it just literally melted off of her face. And she looked at the card and she pointed to the word, witch exactly. And she turned it around and she was like, did you mean this word? And I said, well, yes, it's on the card. And she went, oh, and then she dropped my card in the trash can right in front of me. Um, and I was just like devastated because we had had this great conversation. And that really was the first time I was comfortable saying that to a stranger. And just that whole episode really just like yeah, broke my heart. Sure. So I really hid it for a while, um, for a long while, actually. And now, really, just probably this year, I've been much more comfortable with saying, look, this is just what it is. I'm an Oracle deck author. You know what I mean? I write, write witchy stuff. I do witchy things. This is just what it is. And now it's been, 
I don't want to say great, but more people are comfortable, or at least if they're not comfortable, they ask questions. I told this girl I wrote witchy books, and she was like, no one's ever said that to me. That's so interesting. Can you tell me more about it? And so now that we've had people who are working up to it, I think it's much easier to come out of the closet and say that and have people at least be curious. And if they're judgmental, they're holding it back. But also, I think this is also me doing a lot of work and realizing that when my energy is in the right place, I attract the right people. So maybe that could be a part of it too. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I agree with that, but I also think people are peopley sometimes and there's, there's yeah. no amount of anything you do to yourself that can change, <laughs> change a muggle. Uh, but I love it. And that does take me to practical magic where they're all judged <laughs> in the town. Yes. <laughs> so, 100%. Yeah. That's your, your prep for all of that. How much, but obviously you are, you know, you're a force, you know, you are, you have this huge energy rising through you, all of this inspiration, all of this creativity, how much creative control do you have over the look of your packs and the content of them? Do you really get to express yourself? Yes. Um, I would say I probably have 90% creative control. Um, i I have been really fortunate. I do have a lot of control, definitely over the content. I can pretty much write whatever I want. Um, we do have an editing process where the editor comes back and makes suggestions, but I can, I can't, and I have said, Hey, look, this is what it's going to be like, find a way to get on board with it. Um, especially <laughs> because, I mean, I have to say it that way because, you know, as an editor, not all of the editors are familiar with witchcraft and witchery. You know, no. they're just editing from a purely grammatical point of view and they don't know what they're talking about. So I have to really say like, this is what it is. Um, and in most cases, that's fine. You know, in most yeah. cases, it's not a big deal. Uh, with the cards and everything, total creative control over that. I work with the artist. I give her a brief. We go back and forth. The packaging not so much the packaging is where we start to lose a little bit of control we do get a say but sometimes you know the publisher will come in and say hey look this is what we want to do um and the same thing with the books like it's really the cover and the packaging where they really like to put down the gauntlet but for everything else I feel like it's been pretty easy going and I have most like pretty much all creative control, which is really nice because I don't do rules. I'm not a rules person. I do not like, if you tell me, if you try and tell me what to do, like I will rebel. I will literally light everything on fire. Like I, I, I just, I can't do it. I've never been good at following rules. Yeah, for sure. Gotta accept that about myself. Um, so I think it's really important because not all publishers are like that, you know, not Mm -hmm. all publishers so much freedom but I I work really well with my publisher so thank God knock on wood that it stays the same way all the time and yeah fantastic and talking about editing and grammatical errors leads me nicely in to your name have I been calling you the right name I'm assuming I have because I'm assuming you'd have corrected me but you have an unusual spelling of Lorraine don't you I do so it's pronounced Lorraine so you got it right but it's spelled Lorianne and it's some weird family thing. It's a generational name. It goes back like three generations. I don't know why it's spelled that way. No one seems to know why it's spelled that way and pronounced a different na- way, but it is pronounced Lorraine. Excellent. Good. Yeah. And that's good to get that out there and be called <laughs> your true your true self, especially with, I mean, I guess when you come from a witchcraft perspective and things like that, this is the intention, isn't it, of the words that you use and the energy behind them. And so your name is a massive 
representation of that. And so I've got a funny story, actually. Um, You're so right. But I let my publishers call me Laurieann for years, like three years. And we ended up going to this witchy conference and we were having dinner. And um, my publisher kept saying Laurieann. And I I had to put, I stopped her and I was like, you know, I've just got to say my name is pronounced Lorraine. And one of the publishing assistants was like, see, I told you, I told you we've been saying her name wrong this whole time. No one's name is, no one is called Laurieann. That's not a name. And it was just this whole thing. Um, and, and the publisher said, why didn't you tell me? And I said, you know what? I let, I let it go on for so long that I felt like I couldn't say anything. But at that time, I was in a period of really understanding that I hadn't been standing in my own power. Like I had been neglecting myself and my energy by letting my name be spoken inappropriately, incorrectly. Um, And so that was a real pivotal moment for me when I realized I had not really been truly embracing my power. And so I switched that. And now it's very important because as you say, your name is how you identify yourself. Like that's, that's the first thing you're given in this world is your name. And it's important. I love it. Us Brits, we have a real problem with that. We we can just about manage to say pardon if somebody says their name and we don't quite catch it. And from that point onwards, if we don't get it on the second round, we will never call you by your name again because we find it so desperately awkward to ask you to say it. I've got friends that are Canadian and American and they'll just go, sorry, what? What? Say it again. What? Whereas us (laughs) Brits, we go, I have no idea what that was. And we just shuffle off into the backdrop. It's so funny. Well, that makes me wonder. So I, I have had my DNA tested a couple of times and I always get somewhere between 15 to 20 percent british somewhere in there so now i'm wondering if that's my british side coming out in i bet it is we won't correct you you can call us the wrong name people call me heather all the time and i just go mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> that's well. what i did yeah. i just kind of went yeah that's that's it that's right <laughs> that's that bit of british just manifesting its way through you there you're welcome <laughs> So Lorraine, what is next for you? What, I mean, you've obviously got huge plans, huge ideas. What are you going to do next? Okay, so I have well, I have so many things. I really want to tell you about this next series that I'm working on, but I haven't been given the go ahead yet, but I'm super excited about it. So just know that there's a new series coming. Um, I am finishing up my second book. So The Witch's Apothecary is going to have a sister about this time next year. So, you know, he- pay attention on Instagram at spirit element to see all of that. And then, um, so what I'm most excited about now that I can talk about the most is I'm going to be doing tarot and Oracle classes, uh, because people have been asking me for years. And I think I do have a really unusual style and perspective in the way that I read both read and write Oracle and tarot cards. So I'm going to be kind of just teaching all of my tips and tricks there's going to be a few different offerings to where you can you know find the one that works for you and and yeah you can get to learn from me I so I'm trying to I like to stay humble I don't want to brag about myself but two people who I very love and respect to have called me the icon of oracle and the queen of oracle and I feel like I'm just going to take those titles and really add that onto my bandwagon so I've made so many Oracle decks at this point. I feel like I've got an unusual perspective. So if you're interested in learning about tarot and Oracle cards, and if you're interested in learning how to write your own Oracle deck, please stay tuned. 
Amazing. And obviously, I will put a link to your website in the show notes so people can check you out. But you have got an unusual take. I mean, I'm just looking at the ones I pulled myself before you before we <laughs> went online. But you know, you don't get mountain cabin. You don't get cards like that. They have they have got a really unique energy. And we're just gonna reaper. I, I know that's what I'm going through at the moment. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. But also, it's just so lovely. It's such a gorgeous card. Um, so fascinating and I can't wait to watch where you go next because I have no doubt that it's going to be amazing thank you things coming yeah definitely you can feel (laughs) the energy of it coming right the way through you thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today absolutely I was happy to be here and this was such a great conversation you asked some amazing questions I really appreciate that good excellent thank you selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, I'm here just to ask you to click that follow button, to share the podcast on your social media and leave a review. These things help me so much with reaching more people, getting better guests, getting more information out there. So anything you can do to help would be gratefully received. And I will catch up with you again soon. Thanks for listening.